Welcome to Transition of Style, the podcast that explores the ways in which personal style and gender identity meet, with host Phil, aka Curran. Transition of Style is produced by Fashion Consort, with music provided by Sarah FM, and is sponsored by QueerCut, a radically inclusive shopping platform and queer community. Welcome back to Transition of Style. Today, in this week's episode, we're talking to Tony Branson, creator of Style is Freedom. Before we dive into this week's episode, we want to thank you, the listener, for supporting Transition of Style. Without your support, we wouldn't exist. So please tell your family and friends to listen in and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher. And while there, please leave us a review as it helps us to reach more listeners. If you want to donate, please visit our show page at transitionofstyle.com and look for the donate button. If you're a queer business looking to sponsor or advertise on this podcast, please do so on our contact page as we'd love to include you. And now, this week's episode. Hello, hello, hello. Tony, what's up? What's up? Oh my goodness, so good to have you. It's great to be here. Oh, you know, I have to thank Nikki Loudon. Shout out to Nikki Loudon. Yes. If it wasn't for Nikki Loudon, we wouldn't be here uh, talking and and being able to do this interview together. I'm very excited to hear more about what you're doing, uh, hear about Stylist Freedom. But before we get started, I want to ask, what are your pronouns? She, her, they. Okay. Tomboy. Oh, I love <laughs> it. All that good I stuff. love it. Okay. There's yeah. a plethora of things there. there I go. love it. So yep. we can choose. Yep. I love it. All right. Well, thank you because I want to make sure I get those right. Can you tell me a little bit about you and what you do? Well, I'm a fashion designer. I've just sort of come to own that term. I just saw myself as a business owner for a while mm-hmm. um, because I didn't go to fashion school. I wasn't really embracing that fashion designer title right um but i'm a fashion designer okay i'm also a filmmaker as well oh really yeah so i really came to new york to do both of those things but the fashion was the most important prominent more one on the forefront Mm -hmm. that people see more often because you know clothing yeah but uh (laughs) yeah but fashion designer and filmmaker okay and and tell me um a little bit about stylist freedom like what is stylist freedom stylist freedom is a genderless brand that represents the tomboy culture I created Stylish Freedom back in 2008 because I wanted a reflection of something that represented me. I wanted a positive representation of tomboy mm-hmm. that wasn't associated with gender or sexuality in a negative sense. Mm-hmm. I wanted it to be my dream is to have a tomboy section in a clothing store. You know, you got the male section, the women's section, you got the tomboy section, which most people really would categorize as the genderless, you know, aura of clothing right. so yeah that's that's what stylist freedom is you know we're here to well it's really not we it's just me <laughs> uh, i am here to usher in a platform of positive identity for masculine humans mm-hmm. who can relate to the tomboy sense and want that masculine presence in their clothing but not necessarily have to always look to men's traditional clothing for that option fabulous fabulous yeah. so do you feel like men's traditional clothing is not really doing it no it's not doing it in the sense of recognizing that these other bodies other than traditional men are wearing the clothing um not even trying to adjust to make unisex or uh tomboy you know driven campaigns that don't just have a t-shirt that might say tomboy but actually cut and sew to say hey we're going to make this shape this for the androgynous 
a woman, even if they did it that way, I, I could appreciate that. Right. Um, not even necessarily in a tomboy sense, but more of an androgynous sense of saying, hey, we're going to dedicate a line to androgynous fashion. I would want to see that growth. I mean, um, we don't even see that on a consistent basis. It, it has to be broken down to the tomboy, I mean, to the boyfriend shirt or the boyfriend jean. Yeah. And that's still in traditional women's wear. Mm-hmm. Um, most of us that wear men's wear, we wear it because we don't want to wear women's wear. Right. So the men's wear needs to be adjusted for me versus trying to make the women's fashion for me. I understand. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, I often talk about in the queer community, we have a lot of people who are founders and a lot of people who are creators because they realize that they need to find a way to create or, or build something that they don't see out there. Do you feel like that's exactly why you've come to develop like Stylist Freedom? It's like out of a necessity of something you don't see. Absolutely. And I mean, even after 10 years of doing this and seeing other brands that are also in my genre coming to creation, I still don't see exactly what I want. So I know that there's still work for me and um, there's still room for improvement in what I want to do and my bigger goal and my bigger vision because it still doesn't exist. So I'm still trying to get there to make it all come to fruition so absolutely it's about that representation that's lacking across the spectrum 100 100%. tell me a little bit about your background tell me about your family history go into a little bit about like where you come from what was your family history like well i was born and raised in maryland right outside of dc pg county largo uh, is where I grew up, Catherine. You know, if you're from there, you'll know that. <laughs> yeah, I'm very proud to be from Maryland. I love just the richness of the African-American community and the culture. And, I mean, I could say that I grew up in middle class. You know, my mother kept us in middle class. But we still had hardships. We still had a hard time, you know, single mother. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it was very rich in culture in terms of just being able to see positive representations of the importance of education, mm-hmm. going to college. You know, I did mm-hmm. go to college, play basketball throughout college I did go to three different colleges I had a little bit of a journey going to junior college and then going to my four-year university Rob Morris that I graduated from in Pittsburgh mm-hmm. so and then after that I went back to DC and that's when I, I kind of just figured out what I was going to do I didn't make it playing basketball which was my first love I always thought that I was going to be an athlete And right about the time um, I was about to graduate from college, that's when the WNBA came into um, existence. And so I was like, wow, this is, you know, this is meant for me. But that didn't pan out because I didn't believe in myself enough Mm -hmm. to be able to take that journey. And I think that's why I go so hard now Mm -hmm. uh, with Tomboy. And I feel like I had my transition from being a ball player to figuring out what else my purpose was going to be because it was always the basketball that represented me. It was like as soon as I walk into a room, yo, you play ball, don't you? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And I still get that. Why do you think that is? The way you carry yourself? I walk like a ball player, yeah. right? <laughs> um, no matter where you, you go. You got the right? <laughs> exactly. So I think it's just the presence I've always carried it. I still carry myself every day like I'm a ball player. You know, like I want to play right now, let's go. Let's get the sneakers. So, But, yeah, so that was always my aura. Mm -hmm. of being an athlete but once I came home like I said it was over the facade was over it was done and I had to figure out what was next and then that's when my passion I started to work and I started to see the stigma of me wanting to still be masculine presenting in a professional setting how that was now being such a negative thing when it may not have felt that way when you were a ball player right Right. Right? exactly exactly it was acceptable it was cool this is the uniform you want to see me in my sweats and my my sneakers and this and that and so now even though I'm transitioning that to khakis and button-up shirts and 
wallabies or whatever I might have been wearing to, to pair that as a young adult. <laughs> um, I still felt as though I was presenting myself in a professional manner because mm-hmm. I wasn't about to put skirt and stockings on. Like you. Yeah. It's not me. Yeah. And so from my mother on down, it was like, oh, well, you'll never get a job. Wow. And it's like, what? Wow. No way. What did I go to college for? Right. I just went to college. Right. graduated. I did. What, what was that for? If now it's just about my clothes. Right. And also, you just mentioned how you saw good modeling, right? Mm-hmm. You saw good modeling. You saw mm-hmm. people who were being professional. Exactly. And you're like, okay, so I want to be one of those. Exactly. And now you're telling me I can't. Right. Right. It was baffling to me that, you know, I got the education. I know how to carry myself. I know how to talk. I have the work ethic. But now it's because I don't want to wear a blouse. All right, you know, I don't nah, You must that's not going to work for what me. What is that? I refuse to conform. Of course. So for me, I was just going to do what I always had to do, prove them wrong. I'm always the elephant in the room that has to make you feel comfortable yeah. to let you know that I'm gentle, that yeah. I'm loyal, yeah. that I'm a protector, yeah. that I'm going to have your back. Wow. That You know what I mean? Yeah. So at that point, it was like, all right, so every day, every week, I'm going to Marshalls and I'm getting a fresh shirt for work every week, fresh pants, Fresh shoes, I'm going to get some fly can of coals. I'm going to really start killing them so they can see. So that's what I started to do. So in that, and then already having the idea for Stylist Freedom from college, because I came up with the idea of Stylist Freedom my senior year in college in my marketing class. Mm -hmm. We had to come up with a logo that represented us. Mm -hmm. I was like, man, what represents me? And again, I went back to the ball player thing, the basketball Mm -hmm. thing. And I'm like, man, I'm so much more than that. But what else am I? I was like, I'm a tomboy. Yeah. I was like, yo, there's nothing in the world that has a positive representation of Tomboy. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yo, how can I make that positive? I was like, yo, through clothes. I'll make my own Tomboy clothes. And that's how I came in with the idea. And so at class, I came in with the logo Tomboy, every girl goes through it. Mm-hmm. So that was my first jump off. <laughs> so once I went home and these things started to happen, I was like, yo, I'm about to do this clothing line. Yeah. Because I'm about to show that is not all I am. Right. You know, let the content of my character speak for me. Right you know what I mean? Like that Martin Luther King quote really always stood firm with me because I always had to go that extra mile so that people could allow my character to be my representation versus the tomboy oh, that look. they're so offended by yeah. and scared of. Yeah. yeah. And don't talk to my daughter. Ah. Wow. <laughs> wow. You know? I want to hear a little more about this transition from, like, going from ball player mm-hmm. to designer. So when you stopped being a ball player, it sounded like you were trying to figure out what you wanted to do. Yeah. Right? And it's it's so interesting how we will be put in these situations sometimes, which will feel very negative, will feel very limiting. Mm-hmm. And out of that, a lot of greatness comes. Right? right? I, I want to hear a little bit about what that time was when you were like, I'm not going to be a ball player, but I got to be something else. So... When I came home from college, I just started working at the restaurant because that's what I had been doing and I was making good money. But of course, I wanted to know what was next and it was going to be law school. I was going to go be a lawyer because my mom always like, you're going to be a great lawyer because I always wanted to go to Georgetown. So I was like, I'm going to go to Georgetown Law School. And I started studying for it and then I thought about film. And so in the process of me looking up law schools and doing the um, SAT, I started Googling film schools. Mm-hmm. And then I saw NYU, and I saw this, and I started looking at the LSAT, and then I found New York Film Academy. And the New York Film Academy had a one-year program that was a producing program, because at the time, I just wanted to be a producer. I was like, I want to just be the person that can put everything together, Mm -hmm. and I can go to New York and do the the fashion. And I was like, 
I'm not going to go to law school. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go do this. Yeah. And so that's how it originally, New York is what originally got the wheels turned. And once I found New York Film Academy in fashion in New York and it all came together. And so that's when I started figuring out how can I do this? And I started to really uh, formulate that plan to really embrace the role of being a filmmaker mm-hmm. and being a fashion designer. But I want to say that the filmmaking really pushed me because the fashion was just going to be the come along. Okay. Like, I didn't feel like I could come to New York just to start the brand. Mm-hmm. It had to be something bigger than that. And that's why the film thing was really what really pushed it, because I had the film school. That was the centerpiece well, of it. I'm curious, what stories did you want to tell as a filmmaker? The tales of the tomboy. Because yeah. that was my thesis. You know, I had to have a thesis to present or something to present to get into school. Mm-hmm. So before I had even thought about this, I had started writing what I thought was a book about my me tales of a tomboy and i just started writing i had maybe like 30 or 40 pages and i was like no i'm gonna make this a movie and then i was like i'm gonna make it a, a three-part movie and it was just wow so i submitted and i got into the school wow and i was like this is it yeah and so that was the tales of a tomboy basically my life which is still my baby yeah. that i dream of being produced you know on hbo um, <laughs> that's that's been my dream who's playing HBO. you i gotta know <laughs> i don't know yet i think i feel like that? it'll be an undiscovered actor somewhere that's never even done it before like precious or something like that when you see that person you're gonna know exactly yeah, yeah so that's how that sort of came together Uh, and that way it was just me starting to write and then seeing the words on the page and the story and me being at work and even between taking orders I'm writing scenes and I'm going home and staying up and and typing and it's just like it was all in Microsoft Word it was no format just (laughs) words but it was there and I felt good and it felt like no this is my purpose this is what I should be doing you know what I mean and from that the fashion started to become more prevalent as I began to rise at work and became a manager. And so once I became a manager and really was able to dress up every day, that's when I was like, yo, I'm doing this. Yeah. Wow. Thank you. I mean, how you went from one thing to the next, just how everything sort of strung itself together is pretty incredible. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that with me. How would you say you identify? I identify as a girl. Yeah. And and I'm okay with that. Yeah. You know, and I think a lot of times more people aren't okay with it than I'm okay with it. I mean, there was a certain point in life where, you know, as an adolescence, I felt like, man, life would be easier as a boy. Yeah. Man, this would be so much easier. Yeah. But then I realized the power that I had as a girl, no boy could ever have. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And the more my mother started to treat me as if I wanted to be a boy, the more I had to show her I like being a girl. I just don't want to be girly. Right, right. You know, like, right. the, and that should be okay. Should. Just because I don't want to be girly doesn't mean I want to transition or have a sex change. And, you know, my mother used to present that to me all the time. Do you want a sex change? Wow, isn't that so interesting? And it's like I'm 13 years old. And it's like, what? No, but I want to wear my basketball shorts under my jeans on top of my panties because I don't like wearing panties. You won't buy me boxers, so I'm going to make my own boxers because when I go to change my clothes at gym, I don't want to stand in my underwear and I don't want to have to run to the bathroom. So this is my way of being comfortable. And I was also still in my brother's jeans, and his jeans were too big, so I had to layer up anyway. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's so funny. It's the story we hear time and time again in this podcast of 
being boxed in. Mm-hmm. Like, why can't being a girl look like this? Exactly. Right? Why do I have to want to be a man? Why can't being a girl look like this? Right. Like, why can't it be this? Right. Why can't that be nurtured? Why can't that be healthy? Why can't that be a positive thing? Why can't I be beautiful? Right. Exactly. And that was also very frustrating that I always got that. Oh, Tony, you're too beautiful for that. You're too pretty for that. You're too pretty for that. You could oh. be so pretty this way. Why are you? Why are you doing? It? And it's just like I'm pretty right now. Exactly. Exactly. What are you talking about? Exactly. This exactly. is me, pretty. You know, and it would really hurt. It would crush me sometimes yeah. when I would get ready to go to work, yeah. and I would really feel like I look good with the, the Marshalls. Shout out the Marshalls because they kept me fresh. <laughs> kept Cole, hey, listen, Klein. listen I was top when brand. When you're on a budget, okay, okay, don't Marshalls. Keep- listen, <laughs> listen, I, I can't. And they're killing me. I get the socks and everything, belt, and had me lit. I love so, it. I love you know, it. and I'm ready to go to work thinking I'm looking good, professional, young adult, taking care, handling my business, going to work. And my mom is just like, You're not going to wear a dress ever again? No, I'm like, not. But I, you're not going to tell me I look nice right now? I just don't understand. <laughs> people need to understand how harmful that kind of language is. It's harmful. Yeah. And when you're a child, you don't know how to defend yourself against that. Like, you can't, you must encourage people. You must let them be who they are. Like, it's really important. And I think because, too, before I came home from college, I did have therapy. And I think that that changed my life and saved my life in a lot of ways. And I didn't even realize until now that I was already practicing meditation at my junior year in college because that's when I started getting therapy. And it was like we were having one of those team-building activities, and it was a therapist that came in and said, does anybody want to talk about anything? I was like, like I me. I was the only person <laughs> that raised my hand. For you. But I knew that I had something wrong because I was crying a lot. I was so angry. And I didn't know how to process it. And I knew that I didn't want to be this person. Because yeah. I noticed everybody didn't want to be around me sometimes. And it was just like, man, I don't want to be like this. So I had to go work my shit out. I like that. So I worked it out. So now when I come home and I'm getting this energy from my mom, I'm able to take it and still process it and be like, yo, I don't care. That's right. I'm going to still do it. You don't take it on. And because as soon as I get to work with everybody else, say, Tony, you look nice. Hey. So I know right. she's scared. She's blocked in her own mentality. It's not me. It's not. And so, but I feel like that therapy, if I didn't go home with that already, that strong base, that strong center that I had already worked on, that could have crumbled me. It's about having the tools to decide yeah. not to take it off. Exactly. That's what it's about, right, at the end right. of the day. I want to talk so much more about this, but we have to move on to the okay. next question. So do you think your style or your way of dressing communicates your identity? That Absolutely, identity? yes. Okay, great. You know what? Hold on, and we'll get into that after the break. This week, I want to give a shout-out to an awesome non-binary and queer-owned clothing company called Playout Apparel. They are a gender-equal social good enterprise that donates 20% of their profits to LGBTQ and BLM organizations. Check out playoutapparel.com and find ethically made, super comfortable underwear and loungewear in a variety of sizes. On Instagram, you can follow them at playoutnyc. But before the break, you said that your style and your way of dressing does communicate your identity. Tell me why. Because at this juncture, I have fully immersed myself in the tomboy identity and who I am. And I don't conform on any platform for anybody. Okay. Even when it came down to my wedding. Really? And, you know, that was the last moment that really let me know some harsh realities. Because my mother and my grandmother, the two most important people in my life, 
they didn't want to come and support it based on the fact that I was wearing a tuxedo. And that was heartbreaking. Of course it was. Because you, at this point, I'm over 30. Like, you know me. Yeah. You really want to see me in a dress? Really? In makeup? And Really? But you know what? You just said some words <laughs> I want to point out. You want to see me in a dress. That's not seeing you. Exactly. That is not seeing you. Yeah. That's not who you are. Right. I, I'm just getting to know you. That is not who you are. <laughs> they must see that, right? Right. Like, don't exactly. ask me to be something I'm not. You know this is not me. So, you know, but at that point, it was that f- important for me to stand firm, even though it broke my heart. Even when I'm watching the Olympics with my grandmother and they call me because they see, um, I do believe it was Della Don. She was with her white, but they both had dresses on. Yeah. And they were like, see, why you can't do this? Because that ain't me. <laughs> also, do you think all queer people are the same? Exactly. Do you think exactly. they're all the same? Exactly. Like there's one cookie cutter template that we all right. come from? Right. Like, right. this is what my representation of being female is. Exactly. And you got to get on board with that. Yeah. Yeah, so that must have been very tough. It was like, very tough. I mean, I want to talk about tough. that just for a little bit. Yeah. Like, it sounds like that was a defining moment for yeah. you, right? Yeah. So there was a lot that had happened up to that point, but at that point, you had to make a decision. Yeah. So tell me about that. So at that point, I said, I'm going to go make this tuxedo because I gave my mother one more chance to come back in when I found Bindle and Keep. Shout out to them. They made my tuxedo and I had my own, you know, personal tailor and I wanted to invite my mom and, hey, what kind of color should I use? You know, the blue. You tried to bring her into the process. Tried to bring her into the process and she didn't want to have nothing to do with it. So every time I was just by myself doing it, it was just like, whatever. Mm-hmm. This is what I'm doing. It's going to be fly. I took the same mentality I took with the manager. This is going to be fly. I'm doing something nobody else has ever done it that I've seen because I've never seen this before. I've never seen this picture painted that I'm painting. My canvas is blank. Yeah. You know, so I'm creating this on my own. This is my fairy tale. Exactly right. So, all right. So, at that point, it was just like, I'm doing this and, and I'm not looking back and I'm going to embrace this woman that wants to do this for me. Go all in. She, she had her dress and she ready. Yeah. You know, so it's yeah. just like at that point, it was about us. Yeah. So I'm like, listen, if you want to miss the boat, it's unfortunate. That really unfortunate. is unfortunate because that's a big moment Because we're life. gone. We're right. gone. Right. You know, and you're going to be on shore and we're going to wave to you guys. But I got to go. And so that, that was it. And it was and it was tough. It was tough. You know, on one hand, you do understand how this is probably generational. They're not used to seeing it. But at the end of the day, shouldn't it really be about this is my child? I love them. I want to see them happy. I want to be part of that happiness. Shouldn't that be where we land with right. this? Because when we sitting in the house just watching TV and doing all, I ain't got no dress on. So what difference does it make? <laughs> when I'm cooking y'all dinner, do I, am I wearing a dress? Right. When so we at the casino, am I wearing a dress? You know, that's where we spend most of our time. <laughs> the casino? The at the casino. <laughs> but, you know, so it's like, come on, man. Yeah. You know? Yeah, don't like, ask me to do that. I don't understand know. that. So... In terms of your identity and style, it sounds to me like you sound very sure about it. Do you feel like it's changing in any way? Do you feel like you've landed on something that, you, like, to the end of your days? That's a really weird. <laughs> a really yeah, weird thing I to think, think about. that until you know my mic drop time comes. <laughs> this is how I'll be um, more mature and sophisticated as I get older. You know, I like to wear more suits and stuff like that and dress up more. But you know, my job doesn't necessarily call for it at this juncture. Mm-hmm. But that's something that I look forward to is dressing up more and having more tailored looks, I dress more streetwear, more casual, yeah. more sweatpants these days because I'm on the grind. Yeah. But no, I feel like I really embrace the, the more mature looks, the date night looks, going out with my wife and stuff like that. Like I look forward to those kind of looks and styling it that way. But yeah, so I will say 
sophistication is more where my style is going versus changing in a gender or sexualized kind of way is just more sophisticated more mature why do you think there's more sophistication i mean it, it could be your age but like what about that is drawing you to it i think it's just a certain style i think it just speaks to who i am and where i am to my culture to the things that inspire me to older men that dress a certain way and i like it the presence that it brings mm -hmm. the look that it gives me the respect of where I'm carrying myself, carrying my life, being married or being a business owner or, you know, wanting to be a parent mm -hmm. and just carry myself in a certain way. So I think it just speaks on all of those aesthetics, not just in the fashion sense. Mm -hmm. And also just learning more as a fashion designer and becoming more cued up on the different levels of fashions and aesthetics when it comes to that type of dress. Mm -hmm. So I think it's an educational process for me, too, as a fashion designer. Yeah, yeah. I like it. I like it. I think it's interesting. You kind of mentioned when you talk about like more of a sophisticated look, what are the differences in how you are dressed and how you are dealt with when you're dressed in that more sophisticated, suited up way, as opposed to when you were just wearing like sweats? I look so young. So most of the time people just brush me off because they think I'm like 25 or 23 or something. So I think that that's a big thing. Yeah. Just people just like not look at me in the eye you're like not taking you seriously you're taking me seriously yeah. so i think that's a big part of it so i definitely see that i think men are different towards me when i'm dressed that way mm -hmm. it's not so much of the they don't know mm -hmm. that i'm a woman or how i'm coming mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. so i think that that's also different as well in a way that it's more of a respect there mm -hmm. that you're not going to come at me in a crazy way you're going to come at me more level yeah I hear uh, so that. that presence too is a good thing but more just the respect thing and people just taking me seriously and not looking at me as just some young kid i think we can all speak to that in some way that feeling that respect from like being more suited up as i've gotten older one of the things that i felt is important to do is for me to wear that regardless of what i'm wearing right like i'm going to command respect mm -hmm. in a pair of shorts mm -hmm. in a pair of sweats right, right, right. in a suit absolutely. i'm going to command that respect absolutely. on all levels right and you're going to give right. it to me <laughs> right is that simple right absolutely you all deserve it absolutely so listen um i love your style journey i want to thank you so much for sharing it with us i want to know what would you say either to your younger self or to somebody who's still struggling trying to find that identity and style pairing, what advice would you impart uh, to that person? Um, that you're beautiful to stay true to you. I think that the hardest part is because, again, we don't have that representation. I mean, yeah, we have Lena now that's out there, and she doesn't conform, and she stays true within her aesthetic, and I can truly appreciate that. But I think that you just have to really be able to stand strong mm -hmm. and take those battles as they come and embrace it. I think that part of our journey and our struggle sometimes as masculine women is that we can't embrace what we about to deal with, right? Even like as black people, what we have to do, right? What we have to deal with. I think that we have to also take that on as masculine presenting on in the queer community. We have to just embrace it. It just is what it is. Yeah. But again, like I told you, how do you combat it? You have to come correct. Yeah. Don't give them all the, everything they want. Yeah. Come correct and embrace it. Love you. Right. Love you. Go through the journey. Figure it out. Don't listen to all the outside noise. Stay true to yourself. Yeah. It's hard. Oh, it is. But stay true to you and know you're doing the right thing. Yeah. Because most of the time when people say no, 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 you're right. Yeah. So I think that that's what I would tell my younger self. to and really to do what I did because I didn't give in at all. Yeah. You know, I told my mom I was wearing a dress to the prom and that was it. It was the last time and I meant it. Yeah. 
and I, I, I pretty much stayed true to myself. So I would do what I did and just fight those battles. You know, I was one of the first people in high school really representing who I was and even in college and had to take those battles on by myself. I got kicked out of college for it. Wow. So, you know, stay true. You know, know that you're right. Allow the content of your character to speak for you, period. Yeah. And live free. Yeah. Like, you have to do it. Because if you don't, you'll regret it later on and be looking around like, ah. And you don't want to do that. Yeah. Take yeah. it on. I agree. Take well, it on. Don't you think sometimes, though, it is hard when you are going to take some hits here and there, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, it's like, how do you keep it going? How do you keep that honesty, that, that being true to yourself going, even as you take those hits? I feel like in some ways it's very important to understand that the hits are minuscule in comparison to what you're coming out of it with. Right. Because I feel like across the spectrum, we're going to take hits yeah. in life, period. So I think that how you have to get through it is that you have to, to seek that help. You have to get good people around you, have that good base, have that strong center, keep your faith, so whatever that faith might be. Yeah. That's what got me through. And if you need therapy, if you need to talk to somebody else, don't be scared to reach out. Don't be scared to bring somebody else into whatever's going on. Mm -hmm. I think that that's the biggest thing is that whatever it is, you can't go through it alone. Right. So you have to be able to confide in a person, a friend, whomever, to be able to help you through and listen. Like, listen to other people. Go on YouTube. Listen to other people talk. Listen to motivational speakers. I don't think that stuff is corny. Listen to quotes. Write stuff down. Talk to yourself. Mm -hmm. Like, it's so many different ways to work it through. It's really no one way, but either way, work it through. Right. But bring somebody else in. I think that you just need support. 100%. You know, I think anybody. doesn't matter. Get the support. You yeah. know what I mean? So you just have to embrace the journey, get through it, and allow people to help you. You I mean, and that's what community it's really comes in. big. Yeah, don't go through it on your own. Don't. You don't have to. And so many people feel like they have to. Even at, you know, 40 years old, you're sitting there breaking down crime because you feel like you got to take, why? Yeah. Let, there's nothing to be ashamed of. Pain is real. That's right. And pain is growth, right? So you have to be able to get through that pain to get to that next step. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. Wise, wise words, my friend. <laughs> Very wise words. <laughs> Tony, it's been such a, a serious pleasure talking to you. Like, I really feel like the advice, your story, really great. Thank you. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. I want you to tell the Transition of Style audience how to find you. Well, I'm on Instagram, of course, we all are. <laughs> uh, style is Freedom is on Instagram. So, Style is Freedom. We're on all platforms, whether it's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram is just style is freedom as you as you hear it style is freedom those three words all together no spaces no funny emojis just <laughs> style is freedom no underscores nothing style is freedom on Instagram Twitter and Facebook yeah I love it do you have a website is that yes um sorry style is freedom and then style is freedom.com exactly so everything is just style is freedom and then me personally I'm tomboy 301 okay. on both Twitter and Instagram because I'm from Maryland. Oh, wow. And my tomboy is T-O-M-B-O-I. And I didn't get to mention that. And if I could just mention yeah. that part of my motivation is to redefine the tomboy. Because, again, like I told you, I'm changing the narrative. So, again, a tomboy doesn't mean gender or sexuality. A tomboy is a talented, original, motivated, brilliant, outstanding individual. Because those are about content of character. Those are character characteristics that every human can relate to. That doesn't apply to gender or sexuality or anything. That's just, it just is. Yeah. So embrace those characteristics and you're a tomboy, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. So I'm redefining it and making it purposeful in a positive way. 
and it's very, very important. So that's, I wanted to make sure I put uh, that in there. Loving that passion behind yeah. that. That's wonderful. It's important. Tony, this has been wonderful. I, I really appreciate having you on. Thank you for um, having me. Please follow Tony. They're doing some great things. Tony, you have not told me anything about the film, any of your film stuff. Hoping we can get into that at <laughs> another time. Yes, but yes, like, I want to know what's going on with that. Please. Um, but for anyone listening, please follow Tony, follow Stylist Freedom, and just, just stay in touch with what they're doing. As women who identify as more masculine, it's really important to have as many models of that as possible. And I think what you're doing is so positive and it's really great. So I want to thank you so much for being with us today. Guys, I want to thank you so much for listening to this episode. We would love for you to please go on to our, our show page at transitionofstyle.com. Um, we have a Patreon account now, so you know what that means. We're looking for donations. Please go on to our show page, donate to our Patreon account. And also, as always, please subscribe, rate, comment, um, hit us up at Transition of Style on Instagram for any questions. And you know what? We will see you at the next episode. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Transition of Style. If you like what you hear, please remember to subscribe and leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts. Visit us on our show page at transitionofstyle.com for more information and follow us to share in the conversation on Instagram at transitionofstyle. 